Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. I want to share some things about the critical, the critical need, the critical need to have the presence of God in your household, the critical need to have the presence of God hovering over your marriage, over your personal self, and over our nation, going ahead into the, into the generations ahead, we are going to need the presence of God. We don't need the ebbs and flows where God is here one week, and there's a great praise and worship service, and all of a sudden it seems to be a bit flat, and then the next week it fires ahead. No, we want sustainable anointing, a sustainable sense of God's presence in our midst week after week after week after week. And let me tell you this, it comes, the Lord's presence comes, depending on how non-apathetic we are, about him and an expectation for God. In other words, if we are hungry for the Lord, he will come. He's very faithful. He comes back as the faithful one. Uh, in the book of Revelation, he comes back to the earth as faithful and true. And if you want Jesus, you can have him. And, and I, in the prayer meeting this morning, and thank you, Cora, that was an awesome prayer meeting this morning. And I, I wanna, the word I've been getting is cry, C-R-Y, crying out for God, crying out, God, come. God, come, I'm hungry. I know there's more. There's more, Lord. There's more. I want your presence. I thirst for your presence. There's a longing in my heart to know you. There's a longing in my heart to break past the natural realm and the confines of what I see in this natural realm and break the shackles of religion that binds. Religion binds. If you go into the dictionary and you go into the Oxford Dictionary or Webster and begin to look at one of the root words for religion, it actually means to bind. Yet the Bible says the Word of God is not chained. The Word of God liberates. It brings freedom. It brings praise. It brings, it brings something on the inside of us. And uh, we're not afraid. You know, it's not about dress-ups or it's not about looking good. It's not, a, it's not about an outward display. It's what God is doing on the inside of a life and bringing the power of Jesus, bringing uh, liberation, setting us free from rejection and insecurity and sexual lust, pornography and and suicidal thoughts and setting us free from comparisons and guilt and habits and impulses and uh, <coughs> um, breaking the power of that so that no longer is master of your soul. Jesus is. Jesus is master of your soul, not by virtue of I recognize his preeminence and his place. No, it's a reality. He's all alive on the inside. So I want to talk about a little bit about the manifest power of God or the manifest presence of God this morning, and I said to our team last night and of leaders and stuff, what God is doing, I think, in the universe today around the globe is He's actually bringing repentance back into the church. But that is so biblical because He said He's coming back to a church without spot nor blemish. He's coming back to a people that are longing for God, and I long for His return. And last night we were praying, and some of us are on the floor, and I just said, Lord, bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom. I so much want to be part of your kingdom. I so much want Jesus in our midst. I want to honor him. I want to please him. I want to magnify his name. We've got an audience of one this morning, and that's Jesus in our midst. And we want to lift his name high above everything else. And it takes effort. It takes sacrifice. It takes humility. It takes an adjustment. It takes a change of values and priorities. But uh, God has not singled our nation out for revival. I don't believe that. But we're part of a global move where God wants to move amongst the nations of the earth. 
Okay, it's not a respecter of people. He's not saying, I want Rarotonga saved and Taiwan not. No, God wants Taiwan saved. God wants the nations, the whole world to be born again and to come into his presence. Now, we know that's not a reality. We know it's not going to happen. There is an elect. There, is a, there, is, there are predestined people. There is a amount of people in the world that will be born again. And it's going to be a very, very grievous, very sad day when people are lined up that knew a little bit about God, perhaps even went to church or brought up in a Christian context and didn't make it because I'd never come to that place without fully surrendered their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's the most important decision, friend, family, that you can make. It's the most important decision. If you miss that, if you miss that decision, you miss the whole meaning of life. And so we've got to make sure we're born of the Spirit of God. And once we're born into the kingdom of God, we've got to nurture that relationship. It's like a marriage. It's like a a boy and a girlfriend. You've got to nurture that relationship in sanctification and holiness towards engagement and towards marriage. When you're born of the Spirit of God, you've asked Jesus to come into your life. You've given Him your old life. Now you've accepted His life through the exchange of the cross. And it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me. Okay, it's no longer it's no longer we anymore. It's no longer about Jonathan. It's about Jesus in Jonathan. Amen. Let's give the Lord a, a hand this morning. <clears throat> okay, so uh, there is a difference between the presence of God that is everywhere. You can't escape God. God is everywhere. You cannot hide from God. You cannot go to Sawara and say, Oh well, I'll camp up here the rest of my days. God will not see me. Uh, David the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? Jeremiah said, do not I fill, talking about God, do not I fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord. And uh, a person cannot escape God. That's called the, the presence of God is everywhere. Now, God is aware of us. He knows everything about us. He knows what's happening in your world, your inner world, your life right now. He knows all the details. He knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow. He knows that you might be in conflict at work tomorrow. You might be given a job promotion tomorrow. God knows all things. He's all knowledgeable. Past, present, and future. But he's also another word called omniscience, which means God is everywhere at once. God is everywhere. So right now, God is hovering over, and he's living amongst uh, Germany, Japan, Korea, North Korea. He's around the world. Pacific Ocean, God's presence is there. So that's called His omnipresence or omnipresence. He's everywhere at once. Okay. Then there's another thing called, it's different, it's called the manifest presence of God. That is different. And that's where God steps in past the natural realm, comes into your life where you now actually feel the tangible power of God. It's like, oh my goodness, He's arrived. You, you see what I'm saying? That's called the manifest power of God. Uh, presence of God. Uh, in Psalms uh, 46, 1, to build our text this morning, it's this, He is a very present, can you say present? Present help in times of trouble. So when you are in trouble and you cry out, God will actually presence Himself on your behalf. He will come. Uh, Luke 5, 17. Luke, a talk in Acts here, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Uh, Acts 2.33, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. 
the manifestation of the presence of God can be felt. God's love can be felt. His peace can be felt. His joy can be felt. All of His provision can be felt. Security and settlement can be felt around our life. Now, what it is is this. We want to experience, you ready for this? The ongoing power of Jesus Christ. You ready? Because that's your DNA. That's what you've been created for. You've been created. You say, no, I was created to uh, run around the sports field. No, you weren't. That's a talent. But that's not the ultimate creation. You were created to be connected with God the Father. That's your deal. You're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be complete on the inside. You're never going to come to wholeness on the inside until you and I collide with God and allow Him to set His residence, His dwelling place in our life. And you know what happens? You could be in the world completely empty, but you could be in the church equally as empty. Sometimes more frustrated because you know the difference between right and wrong. You know enough to make you sick. It's like, I know I should be doing these things, but these things I aren't doing. No, Jesus wants to come in and set the kingdom of God indwelling us. I'm telling you, this is the most exciting message out. When Jesus comes and fills the space on the inside, breaks the shackles. I'm a living testimony of God breaking the spirits of violence, spirits of the unclean, breaking spirits of rejection, breaking these things, never not going back. They don't have power and dominion over me. They don't have authority over me. Control, all that sort of stuff. God has broken the shackles of those things and set the fruit of the Spirit, His presence up in my life. And many of you this morning are sitting as living witnesses and testimonies of that experience. Exodus 33, 15, you remember Moses said this, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us out from here. Think about this. He's not talking about the presence of God around the earth. No, he's talking about the manifest. We can feel his presence. He has walked into the room. He is here living, dwelling amongst us. We are talking about that kind of presence. Look, the opposite to this is religion. The opposite to this is spiritual emptiness where God isn't there. You knock on the door, he ain't there. No, God wants to abundantly fill us with the power of Jesus Christ. So we live we emulate God's glory. We are created to not carry shame, the garment of shame, embarrassment, and self-consciousness. We are here to carry the glory of the Lord, radiate His presence. It's incredible. The nations are hungry for Christ. We're, what does His presence do? It brings fullness of joy. And I want to challenge depression. Right now, depression is an absence of God's presence. I want you to go away and think about that. It's the absence. There's no depression in His presence. There's no oppression, control or oppression in His presence. The Bible says in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Unbelievable. Believable. Number two, there's a demonstration of the fruit of the Spirit when God's presence is manifest. You got that now? You caught that? His manifest presence comes in, you will feel His love. You will feel His joy. You will feel His peace, His kindness and self-control. Galatians 5, speak of the nature of Jesus. You will find where there's an outpouring of God's Spirit, always you'll feel God's love. You'll feel the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the measure of His presence. You'll feel that. 
The next thing, when the presence of God is here, is this, the voice of the Lord is clear. When God's presence comes upon you and you're weeping and you're crying and you're overcome, you will find clarity. clarity. There's an inner knowing that, man, I need to make an adjustment on the inside. I need to put this right with my mother-in-law. I need to go. I, need to, I, I, need to, I said I wouldn't give, but no, I know I need to give. I need to be generous. I, I, I need to, I need to, I need to get, uh, get rid of that stuff that's around my life. It's clogging me up. It's causing a destruction on the inside. I need to treat my parents better. I need to honor my children and respect them. I need to discipline and bring, bring order into my home. You will find when God's presence is here, there's always clarity. Okay, God is not a, uh, God, is not a God of confusion. Where you'll find God's presence is not, you will find all manner of confusion. Just distorted ideas, distorted understanding, confusion. We misrepresent the situation. We misrepresent God's voice because His presence isn't there. You get His presence around your house and you have clarity. You'll have order into the home. You bring order into the home and it'll be like a conduit for the presence of God to come. It works both ways. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's always the Prince of Peace. There's always peace, not strife, not discord. Not rivalry, not contention, not division in the home and arguments and these things. You will find there's a deep sense of God's peace into the home. Even on marriages, the presence of God hovers over a marriage. You will find there's peace around the marriage. There's honor, there's respect, self-respect, but respect one to another. Uh, you will find there's an unusual strength. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, His presence shall renew their strength. There's an ongoing strength. There's a sustenance. You can handle another day, another week, another month, another year because of the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. People say, how do you do it? You don't know, but it's Him. It's the strength of the Lord. Jesus talked and God talked in the Old Testament about being strengthened in Christ. The other area is you carry. How about this? You actually carry. You ready for this? You carry God's fragrance. You carry His presence. When you, when you have the presence of the Lord around your life, others know it. Others can discern it. The heathen or the non-Christian, the unchurched, if you like, they recognize there's a difference. There's something happening. There's a difference in your world right now. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 from the Passion Version, I'll read it this way. God always makes His grace visible in Christ who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. You ready? Through your yielded life, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. There are, there are people that are carrying God's measure of his presence so much that you just handshake them and they fall under the power of God. It's incredible. The next area is boldness. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's a confidence and there's a strength. Now, might I camp on this and say this? Where there's intimidation, insecurity, comparisons, and worries, the idea, that's the flesh life. That's the natural realm. We're born with that broken nature. But all we have to do is get into the spiritual nature, which is also alive in us as Christians. And the Bible says, walk in the spirit, Galatians 5, 16, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when you see this, the dynamics happening, the intimidations, the fears, the comparisons, the insecurities, and uh, the low self-worth and all that, what we're really identifying is someone living in the flesh life respectfully, 
living in the flesh life, we need to get out of that and live in the dimension of the Holy Ghost, the new nature, the new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's the difference. So when I have a counseling session and I'm hearing about this, if I, if I wanted to cut to the chase, I could say you need to get right out of the natural and you need to make a decision to walk in the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? Some cloud of weirdness? No, it's Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Walk in Him. Walk listening to His Word, listening to His wisdom, listening to His his, uh, his ways and walking in obedience to that and the presence of God, it hovers over you. It's incredible. You could be going through hell on earth, but there's a sustainable strength. You could be persecuted and ridiculed at work. You could be made fun of by siblings and brothers and sisters. You can have all manner of resistance against your pet projects, but there's a strength. And you know what? There's a joy. He that sits in the heavens laughs. You can laugh at opposition. You can laugh at trials. You can laugh at difficulties. Why? Because there's a residence of Jesus, the Holy Ghost, living inside of you. Look, that was our DNA. That's how we've been created to do it. Where there's pornography, all it is, you're telling me. Where there's that, you're telling me you're living. And it's not good, of course, but you're living in the natural world, chasing natural pursuits, appetites, impulses, that are grained into the selfish, broken, soulish, sinful nature. We break that and we renounce that. We turn our back on that and we say, no, I want to walk in the Spirit and you'll get liberty over it. It's simple. It's not rocket science, nor is a complicated affair. There are two natures inside of us that war and contend. The natural one, is it lusts after the things of the flesh. The Spirit desires the things of righteousness. Desires the things of God. It's a softness around Jesus that's there. Coming to a place of rest. You could be battled and when the presence of God, there's a time of rest. You're restful. You don't have to strive. You don't have to be anxious for anything. You don't have to be worried about it. You have to be worried about COVID-19, whether you can travel or not travel. How your business is going to be shaped up in two years' time. How's your mortgage? All of these things in the battle and on the complexities of life, there's a rest on the inside. That's His manifest presence. Okay, should we go on? Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Okay, now we're just getting into it. That's the foundation laid for us. All right. I want to share some things here. One, one. One of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is a thing called joy. The church should have a lot of joy. We should exuberate God's presence. There's everything, I've, when I was traveling to New Zealand a couple of weeks ago and then a couple, few weeks ago before that, one thing I noticed, when you're walking around the malls and the airports and places, people look depressed. They really do. They look very unhappy. You could have all the tea in China, but if you haven't got Jesus Christ, there's a depression. You could be blessed in Korea. People could be drawing on you for all sorts of stuff, but if you haven't got Jesus Christ, when you go to bed at nighttime, there's still a hollow in your soul because the gap hasn't been filled. You can't fill it with cocaine. You can't fill it with pornography. You can't fill it with alcoholism. You can't fill it with fame. You can't fill it with anything else other than Jesus' name. You fill it with the power of Jesus Christ. That's who we need to fill it with. Nothing else. Nothing else abides. Nothing else is gonna count for absolutely zero. Okay, the spirit of joy, and I'm gonna challenge the church a little bit this morning. I'm gonna have an older call and things are gonna, Undone shortly. Woo. 
and you're going to come undone. And so am I. Okay, here's my scripture. Oh my goodness, where are you? Okay. We hear them speaking in our own tongues. Acts 2 verses 11. So they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? The baptism of the Holy Spirit had fallen upon a group of people. Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. In other words, they're drunk. Peter, but Peter standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to the men of Judah, Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem right now before us, which were actually hundreds upon hundreds, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what? This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. or This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass, prophesying and repeating what he's saying, that in the last days I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We are living since Christ's ascension right now, we are living in that time through the ages. We are living in the great outpouring of the Spirit of God. It's, it's, it's already existed around the world. My testimony is simple. Here I am, I used to work for the U.S. Embassy in uh, Woburn. I had deliverance on the, uh, the Sunday night with a couple of missionaries. Uh, it wasn't a particularly pleasant experience, but it was a good experience. I felt different, very different. And uh, I'm walking down the tarmac. They got three sections, three houses or plots of land and buildings and stuff. I was walking, so I'm, I'm working because I was landscaping there. And the Holy Spirit, best way I can say this, God spoke to me. But this is, I'll tell you exactly how it happened. He spoke to me. It was like a voice. It was like a voice coming here and speaking from the inside out. That's what it was. Enough for me to be so surprised, I looked down. I remember walking down. And this is the word that says, would you like to speak in tongues? I looked down, shocked, surprised. This is no exaggeration, folks. God is my witness. And immediately I said, yes. So I went over, and I remember there was one of those Burke spins and this, uh, uh, those uh, large trees, I forget what they're called. And I just put up my hand, and I said, well, thank you, God. I said, thank you, God, and I'll tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit came upon me so powerfully that I wept, I wept, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I was taken into a different realm. Now, occultists understand this different realm. So should the church. Our forefathers in Rarotonga understood about a different realm. Might have been a little bit mixed up at times, but they understood. When there's revival, we understand about a different realm. And this is how it went. All of a sudden, I couldn't see the trees. I didn't hear the road, the highway, anything. It had gone. I'm standing like in a completely different realm. Remember Jesus says, come up, look up. The heavens were open. The door was open. Look up in the realm of the Spirit. All of that, you understand. Here I was standing here with my hands raised, weeping and crying, and I'm in a different dimension. And all I can see is the whole thing had gone completely white. This is what I saw. And like millions and millions of silver stars were moving. And the revelation that I had at that time was how big God was the enormity of how big he was. And I, I could have stopped it, so it wasn't, it wasn't out of control. I didn't want to stop it. In my consciousness, I thought, my, I so wished all my friends could experience what I'm having right now. And I laughed and laughed and laughed, and guess what? A tongue, a native language, it could have been Cook, could have been cook Maori, 
Seriously? I know one word. The word akoi was in there. I can remember that word. And then I remember I heard a fruit akoi, and I thought, what does that actually mean, you know? But I remember the, the language, and it came bubbling out, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. It came out of me, out of this language, and I began to speak in other tongues. I, I was so changed. I was different. From that time on, baptized in the Holy Spirit, even though I'd given my heart to Jesus, I now had an additional experience akin to what the early disciples had. I would have looked silly. I would have looked mad. Going like this, shut up, and crying and weeping. It'll be, what's happened to him? Is he drunk? No, he's not drunk. He's just been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now remember, I want to say this. What's happening in the churches around the world today is this. God the Father... God the Son, God the Holy Scriptures. We're missing the Holy Spirit. He's supposed to be the enabler, the comforter, and we kind of put him out. We kind of hide him because he's embarrassing. That we can handle the crucifixion, a historical event, and go around and, and do our thing and that and hardly talk about the resurrection power. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the church, we're becoming unrecognizable. We're not actually looking like the New Testament church that was full of fire, full of power, full of miracles and signs and wonders. The Bible says people were afraid to join them. It says they exceedingly troubled their city. It says that they turned their world or their cities upside down. Incredible power. When the Bible talked about um, uh, Paul, he would lay his hands on people and there were unusual miracles that took place at the hands of Paul. Where Peter's shadow, he, they just he, he would, they were hoping he would just walk past, and they would bring the infirmity, the sick, and to hope that a shadow would come because of miracle healings. And I sort of think, you know, we can are we going to settle for religion? Are we going to settle for an old style thing that's not even relevant to New Testament Christianity? Or are we going to challenge it and break some shackles and break the spirit of religion? Listen, spirit of religion is behind the pulpit. Seriously, it's behind the pulpit. It's in some of our leadership teams. It's some of our regimes. And it's got to break. It's got to break. And I'm happy to break a wineskin. I'm happy to see God come to a nation. God come to uh, uh, South, South Pacific. We want to see God come. We're not talking about man's control. We're not talking about man's idea. And this is my vision. And this is what I'm building, my kingdom. No, it's about God. Take your church back. This church belongs to you. We're just hidden players, a faceless generation. It's not about me. It's not about my family or the Cargill family or the Maya family or another family or the Idol family. It's no, this is about Jesus amongst us. This is about Christ and Him crucified. This is about the resurrection power. Right now we are seeing the RSA men that are drinking from a different spirit this morning. Well, God bless them, but the reality of it is, with all respect, they need this. They need Jesus Christ. We'll go back to our non-Christian families this morning. We'll go back and have lunch with them out of the presence of God, and we'll look into hollow eyes. We'll look into eyes of religion and, and hollow eyes, eyes that don't know Jesus, eyes that have never really connected with the Father, that have never correct, uh, never been corrected, oh my goodness, but have never connected with the Holy Spirit. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Oh, this is true. We're going to have this thing. Natasha's in a meeting. The Holy Spirit had come upon our, the Holy Spirit had come upon our, our camp, 120 young people many years ago. And it was a sovereign move of the Spirit of God. I was in the touch field. People were playing pool. People were sitting down in their, in their rooms doing stuff. 
I haven't got time to actually give a real context to this, but the Holy Spirit came sovereignly. We never kind of asked for it, but it was like a sovereign move of God where God steps into a situation. There was a lot of prayer. We were praying prayers like, God, come, ambush us. Come, come and touch us. Minister to us. Lord, we ask, we believe you'll come. Those are the kinds of prayers that we pray for weeks afterward. Well, God decided to take us at his word and he came and visited us at camp. So we have about 120 people in our playtime interval. We'd had some sessions and stuff and we knew something was brewing up and all of a sudden God came in the power of deliverance. And I tell you, people were manifesting demons left, right, and center. People on the touch field were slunk to the ground. They were telling me that people in the pool room were slunk to the ground. All sorts of stuff. God visited that camp. But he also visited another way. Here's my wife, Natasha, the Holy Spirit. She, didn't, she was another meeting beforehand. Didn't feel like she got much out of the meeting. Let me camp on this for a bit. Sometimes we don't feel, we feel like, well, others are getting it. Nothing's happening to me. Have I sinned? Am I not open? Do you not love me, Lord? I just say, keep pressing on. He will come. He will come. The Bible talks about if we hunger and thirst, he will fill us. So Natasha had had one of those incidents respectfully where kind of like, what happened to me? I didn't get this or whatever. So Natasha, she's uh, in this meeting and all of a sudden she laughs. The Holy Spirit came upon her back in those days. So that's before we were married and it's before we were going out. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, she laughs and laughs and laughs as the Holy Spirit comes upon her and we, we're wondering, this is amazing. I mean, I should get you to share that. But uh, she laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs. And this, out, of, out of here, the holy laughter, the laughter of God becomes come out. You see, that's the joy of the Lord, overcoming somebody into their belly, and it's coming out of their mouth. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to chuck this out here. Is there truth outside of Scripture? I want you to think about this. Yes, there is. There has to be. Uh, and Isaiah talks about, I want you to think about this. is important, so bring our heads in. Isaiah talks about the islands of the sea, but it doesn't mention Samoa. It doesn't talk about the Cook Islands. It doesn't say that. It says the islands of the sea. There are some sexual sins that are not mentioned in the Bible, but they're still wrong because you look at the theme of the Word of God and you would know that that's wrong. But it's not specifically mentioned. McDonald's is not mentioned in the Bible. It's not like you're reading a, a Jeremiah 6.8. For there shall be a great golden arches towards the end days, and they shall serve the people with wickedness. No, no, they shall serve. The, it's not in there. But I want to ask you this question: Does Rarotonga exist? Is there such a thing as McDonald's? So, in that sense, there's truth outside of Scripture. Scripture. Okay, now let me get into it. There are some manifestations. I've seen legs lengthened. I don't see it in Scripture because people, when the holy laughter come on, people automatically say, I don't see that in the Bible. It's not a good argument. It's not a logical argument, respectfully, because there's a lot of things that aren't in the Bible. Legs lengthened. I never saw Peter or Paul or the disciples or legs. I've seen it. Uh, I've been in Africa and I've seen children's legs and we've seen at Bernard and that we've seen legs that are lengthened, people that are walking down like this and we pray for them and the leg comes out in Jesus' name. But it's not recorded in Scripture, but it is consistent with Scripture. So we've got to be careful uh, contending with things we don't understand. But we're to judge the spirit of it. The Bible says that we must discern the spirits to see if they are of God. 
you have to do that with me. You have to do that with the, uh, with the Word of God to say, make sure people are uh, whatever. Discern the spirits, 1 Corinthians 4.32. We don't listen to or agree with everything we're listening to on radio or television or MTV or podcast. Discern the spirit because 80% of the may be coming in truth and the 20% is not good. Discern the spirits. Um, bank accounts. I've been in the church here. And I said over in Miami, there's a, I was 250,000 sovereignly put into somebody's account. The guy and his wife prayed, God miraculously intervened financially for us. We need a miracle. And somehow somebody, they don't know, put 250,000 into their account. That's not written in scripture, but it happened. Our friend in, um, up, in, um, up in America there, was skeptical about different things. He's in a meeting and he feels something happen in his tooth. He goes into the bathroom and he had an empty gap there and he's got a perfect tooth there. He goes to the doctor on the Monday. The doctor is a Christian doctor and he's a Christian dentist. And he says to him, look what's happened. The guy knows his dentures. He said, that is remarkable. That is perfect porcelain. What happened? He said, I... I told you, it happened at the church meeting. There have been people who put their hands up and oil. Does that shock us? Can God not do that? Oil. Okay, you ready for this? Over in some countries, diamonds have turned up in services. You say, I don't believe God will do that. Well, what sort of God? Why wouldn't he? Why couldn't he? Why couldn't he do that? There are things in terms of healings that I have seen. I haven't actually seen it greater things, but I haven't actually seen it in Scripture. But it is consistent with the Word of God. So please, I want to ask you this question. People say, well, the, the holy laughter, it's not part of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, I thought it probably could fit into the quadrant of joy, but it's not full of the Holy Spirit. Well, neither are groanings in Romans where the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we groan with utterances, unheard of utterances and intercession. That's not part of it. How about boldness? The Bible talks a lot about boldness, but that's not part of the fruit of the Spirit. So what happens? We sit there and we kind of think people are laughing. We should discern whether it's of the Spirit or of the flesh. But I want to say, bring down our judgments, open up our life to the Lord and say, God, flow through me. When was the last time the Holy Spirit overtook you and flew through you? When was the last time you laid hands on the sick and they were miraculously healed? When was the last time that you had a prophetic word for somebody and it came to pass? Unbelievable. Believable. We know that demons came out, screeches, loud voices. They slunk to the floor as if they're dead. But I've also seen demons in people's lives that have fallen down under the power of God, or under the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and they've moved backwards. They've shot out. That's not recorded in Scripture. Oh, this can't be of demons. This can't be of God. I've seen people back arch. So they're, and it's funny because I went to uh, Eddie's um, thing there. They're selling a, uh, um, oh, it's a DVD, and they've got an exorcist. It's a cultic one, and I see exactly what I've seen in Deliverance. It's really interesting. So someone's been inspired, and I've seen the back. Yeah, I've seen the back, someone's back go right back to here. And they can't do it in the natural, especially with a big stomach. <laughs> but it's not recorded in Scripture. You see what I'm saying? Very important. The Holy Spirit wants to come. Did you know the, the Lord sings over us with joy? 
Zephaniah? Does the Lord sing? I thought the law was like, have they been obeying me today? But he sings over us. That's cool. When a mother sings over the grandson. It's, it's beautiful when I hear Natasha singing over Armory. I think, oh, it's a sweet sound. It's beautiful. Singing over us. Now, who created laughter? The devil? Did we just inherit this wacky nature that we laugh? God created. Does that mean that God can laugh? Because I've got a whole lot of scriptures from the Word of God where God laughs. And I, we know that He sits in the heavens, He laughs. Does God have a sense of humor? I think He does. Now, here's this. I heard when I first got saved that somebody, a, a, a preacher, prophesied over another person over the telephone. And I thought, that can't happen. I thought, how can someone prophesy? Oh, you have to be there. What sort of mindset did I have? I had this kind of mindset. I'm locked in somehow. I was never taught that, but I thought that. You can't prophesy over the telephone. Technology. God speaking and prophesy the word of the Lord to somebody hearing it. How bound was I? It was only about a year later. I was praying for a woman over the telephone who was bedridden and the, the, the telephone is put near to her bed. And I said, woman, woman, get up, arise in the name of Jesus for you are healed. And she got up miraculously, blew her husband away over the telephone. But God doesn't work like that. Okay, you know I'm half Scottish. I think it was Jeff, uh, George Whitterfield went to Scotland and they brought the, the piano in from England. And he said it was, I think it was him, I have to get this right. He said it, oh, oh, it's the devil's kit of whistles. So in other words, they couldn't embrace the piano because God doesn't work through the farfisa or the piano because we somehow got locked in. Where did we learn this stuff? These are called the traditions of man. I remember when they, in the 80s when they tried to bring the lead guitar, it was like, oh, the church is going Elvis Presley-like. You know, what's happening? But we somehow got locked in. Look. The Word of God is not chained. The Word of God liberates. It brings freedom. It brings joy. It brings peace. Who cares whether we can dance or not? The Lord loves my dance. Uh, David, he dances. He dances and has the ephod and he cruises out. And he, he, his, we understand his wife, Micah, Saul's daughter, sitting there like this. And she's despising him because he was doing it in an undignified manner. It was not normal. It was not appropriate. It didn't have propriety. But he worships the Lord in an undignified manner. He goes home. The whole place is erupt. And she, I can just see it. I can just see Micah. Oh, yeah. So you were thought you, she might have had jealousy. You thought you could dance like that in front of the other girls, did you? And then he says this. I was dancing, justifying himself. It's funny when you read it. This is classic conflict. You know? I, was, I was dancing before the Lord. <laughs> I was dancing before the Lord, and, and I, was, I, was, I was glorifying his name. And, and then he says this. He, he flicks gears, and he said, and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to humble myself before the Lord, and it's going to be in a more undignified manner. So he didn't submit to her boxing in. He's coming. The Holy Spirit's coming. Are you hungry for him? There's more. There's more. I'm praying for more. There's more. There's more stuff. Unusual miracles at the hands of Paul means extraordinary miracles at the hands of Paul. It's incredible. 
Laughter is not mentioned as the fruit of the Spirit, neither are groanings. But in John 14, 21, it says this, I will love him and manifest myself to him. Literally, I love him and I will show, I will display myself to him and will come to him and make our home with him to the one that loves me. God wants to move through us. Now, have you ever had compassion for somebody? I, I kind of worked this out. There wouldn't be a day that goes past <coughs> that I wouldn't cry. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Have you wept for somebody unselfishly? You've just had the burden of the Lord and you've cried with compassion. Have you ever had that? Great, that's, that's awesome. And it comes, it's one of the prayers I praise God, give me a soft heart. Compassion, it's like that. We begin to cry and weep for our children, cry and weep for a nation, weep for people. That's Jesus' emotion through the Holy Spirit flowing through us. Have you ever had great peace? Incredible peace that just in the midst of the grief, in the midst of the trauma, the crisis or the catastrophe, there's like an unusual supernatural peace comes upon you that you know this is not of me, this is of God. That's the Lord's emotion settling yourself. How about joy? Have you ever had God's joy flow through you? You should pray for it. Say, God, fill me with joy. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Part of my inheritance. Fill me with joy. Fill me with overflow. Fill me with joy unspeakable. Fill me. I, I, you know, change my personality if you have to, Lord. Because you realize this. When I was in New Zealand, remember I said, in New Zealand, people are oppressed. People are unhappy. People are unhappy because they are dominated by natural, soulish nature. They are dominated that way. They don't have the Spirit of Christ in them that, that immediately brings joy. Somebody who gets converted to Christ, one of the evidences is they begin to love, they begin to have peace, and they begin to have joy, the fruit of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.otonga.com. Until next time.